This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to How Gen Y Buy. Each week, we speak to everyday Australians to discover the unique ways in which they are entering the property market. Learn how Gen Y are beating the odds and getting their foot on the property ladder with your host, Nathan Smith, the Managing Director and Mortgage Broker at Birdie Wealth. Welcome back to another episode of How Gen Y Buy. I'm your host, Nathan Smith. Uh, Today we have another Gen Y buyer in the studio who also happens to be a broker as well. So we'll be talking to him about how he decided to buy a property, what he sees as both a Gen Y buyer and also somebody sitting within the industry. Blake, welcome to the show. Good to be here, mate. Thanks for coming in. It's a nice rainy Monday morning at the moment. We've come into um, one of the offices here just to have a little bit of a chat through your scenario. You've got a contract at the moment for a property down in Melbourne yet to settle. Why did you decide to buy a property? I guess being young um, and probably being a long-term asset, I saw that I could hold for the long term. Um, I had the time to build a portfolio and saw, um, I, I guess, the, the ability to grow wealth through property. Yeah. So sitting in the industry, you're actually a mortgage broker yourself. Yep. How long have you been a mortgage broker for? Uh, about three and a half years. Right. So are you in your job, has that exposed you to seeing other people building wealth through property? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I've seen, um, you know, first home buyers buy property. I've seen, um, you know, people that have bought and held property long term. Um, and you know you can see the equity that that the long-term property holders have built up and how beneficial that is for their circumstances moving forward when they come and see me. I guess that's the advantage we have sitting in the industry is we do see people who are not just in our position but people who are 20 and 30 years ahead of us. We've seen those people who have bought properties in their mid-20s and how they've grown and what that's actually done for them as they now approach retirement. Definitely. And again, we've seen people who are in a different position who haven't started until their 40s or their 50s and, and they're certainly playing catch-up at that point trying to, to get back ahead of the game. So uh, you're, you're in the industry, you've been a broker for three and a half years, but you've decided to buy a property in Melbourne. How did that decision come about? Purchasing my first investment property, I used a property investment company that we work very closely with. They guided me through the whole process. Um, they have a research model which helps them identify where to invest, what sort of property to invest in in that certain area as well. And the, the research just pointed us to that particular area. So even though you're, you sit within the industry and you, you look at property all day, you look at different areas and you have uh, buyers, agents buying property and clients buying property, you've still outsourced the, the buying process to an external company rather than doing it yourself. Yep. As a broker, we actually work quite closely with a, a few property research companies, one in particular, Blue Wealth Property. They just provided great insight and education to my clients and myself, um, and the way they actually look after us is awesome. So it, it was sort of a no-brainer for me, um, yeah. them being the, the experts in the industry and having all the yeah. knowledge. And I mean, we spoke about that before we started recording. I did exactly the same thing. So I'm in the industry as well and used a professional buyer's agent to find a property for me rather than do it myself. Yet we have clients who sit outside the industry with no real property expert, try and have a go themselves. And to me, it can be done, right? There are clients who have done it successfully. Uh, There are clients who have done it unsuccessfully. But to me, I just see that as a a way of uh, exposing myself to unnecessary risk. Yeah, that's it. It's about becoming educated in all your options and then making a decision from there. Um, and, you know, the best, uh, I guess the best people to speak to are the experts. 
Yeah. Because, you, you know, being in the industry, you see people that have been burnt by property because they haven't become educated and spoken to the right people. So, you know, it, it's definitely a good idea to, to speak to the experts so they can guide you in the right direction. So what uh, at the time you signed the contract, what were the media telling you about property? Uh, what were you yeah. hearing uh, about property market at that time? At that point in time, it, I guess the media are really, very volatile in what they say. Um, you know, and they're always going to work on fear-based media. They're going to sensationalise everything. And Sydney at the time was going crazy. There's still talk of you know oversupply and things like that in Brisbane. Um, it's been going for a little while now. Um, Melbourne, there was a lot of talk of oversupply as well of units down there. Um, but at the end of the day, you just have to look at the research and where that points you. Um, and you know, if you buy into what the media says, at the end of the day, you're going to make a decision based on fear. It's not going to be the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at fear alone and and always look at what's being held out there, you never make a decision to do anything. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you know, and I guess the the biggest thing is move. The biggest thing is that first step. That's, yes, that's the hardest hardest decision to make, and actually the hardest thing to do um, because it is scary. But you know, as I said, becoming educated, knowing knowing what your options are, and I guess that is the the best way to make that first step because then you you know what's best for your circumstances. Have your friends either bought property or haven't bought property? What what's your kind of circle say? What's their talk around property market? A lot of my friends I I advise them to get educated as well, so then they can make the right decision for them. Um, you know they they trust what I say and trust who I would you know recommend them to speak to. So a lot of them if they are interested in talking talking about property, I just tell them what I've done as a you know as a broker in the industry, and they sort of you know think okay well. Maybe it is a good idea to get educated. Maybe it's a good idea to speak to the, the experts in the industry. So when uh, when you're looking at property, you've ended up buying a property North Melbourne um, yep. area. Uh, was there any key criteria that you had in the back of your head? I mean, I know you've outsourced it to them to find the property and, and really kind of given it across to them to find that perfect property. Yeah. But in the back of your head, is there any key criteria that you had or, or wanted in a property? Again, the research pointed me to where I want to go, making sure it was in my purchase purchase price range and making sure that you know I could afford to hold the property and it wasn't going to you know it wasn't going to change my lifestyle it wasn't com- going to compromise my lifestyle and what I wanted to do that was probably the main thing in regards to what I was looking for as I said the research pointed me there I wasn't really uh, I didn't have anything in mind I had an open mind just because I didn't have you know house over unit or anything like that or you know house and land over a unit or on a three bedroom or a one bedroom or a two bedroom unit um, just you know what that actual the demographic of the area looked like, uh, I guess, points you to what type of property you're going to purchase. So you've ended up buying in a suburb Coburg, yep. North Melbourne. You coincidentally were just fairly familiar with that area because you'd lived there for a while. Yep. What about that area do you think is going to help that particular property grow? Um, I guess that it's sort of just on that outer ring of the inner suburbs of Melbourne. It's 8K from the CBD. Um, and the, the sprawl, it, the inner sort of suburbs have seen that growth. Um, you know, the Brunswick's, the Fitzroy's, the, the Collingwood's have sort of seen a bit of that growth. And, um, you know, the population sort of moving out because of the, the purchase price of those inner rings. Um, there's a lot of development and, you know, upside to that area. But um, I think the actual development I've purchased in, the, it's a reliable developer. The, um, the precinct as well has a, a lot of upside. There's, you know, things like cafes, there's... Um, there's a brewery going in, there's some childcare, you know, and the actual amenities within that precinct are, are, are really, you know, they're amazing. So, 
Great. And you've bought a, this process property is off the plan, not yet yep. begun. So you have looked at a drawing of this place and a <laughs> plan on paper. Yep. You haven't actually physically walked through the property. Yeah. How was that compared to the traditional way of going to an open house and walking through the home? Um, I mean, being my first property, I haven't actually you know gone through any open houses and things like that to look at purchasing them. Um, again, as long as you buy through a reliable developer from a reliable source, I don't see it as an issue. Um, you know, actually, you do research and all that sort of thing because uh, I guess buying off the plan, there are risks and things like that, but you just need to make sure that you can mitigate those risks through making sure that your circumstances are strong and you can get your loan at the end of the day, um, You know, making sure that the, the developer has a, a good, strong um, backing in terms of you know cash and things like that. They're not going to go bust. You know, making sure that the development is going to be a, I guess, a, a good development. You know, it's not going to, they're not going to build it. And at the end of the day, it's going to be a building it that has issues and things like that from their previous track record. It was a no-brainer for me doing it through through Blue Off because I trust them so much. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, their research methodology and the way they go about it. I didn't really have any issues with it because I've seen people do it before. You know, my clients have purchased off the plan prior to, to me purchasing. I've seen the transactions go smoothly and it, it was no real issue for me. Perfect. So I just want to expand on a couple of those points there. Buying off the plan, there are additional risks. There's yeah, no doubt there's more additional risk to buying off the plan than buying a property that's already complete. So let's talk through some of those ones that you do have to mitigate when you're buying off the plan. So one that you spoke about is making sure that you're in a strong position um, from things like a borrowing capacity point of view, from a deposit point of view. Yeah. Um, why, why do we have to do that? Um, I guess when you purchase off the plan, you know, you're not sure what the lending environment is going to look, at, look like when it comes time to settle. So I purchased and it's sort of two and a half years off the plan. So in terms of what lending looked like back then and in 2016 to now, you know, a lot of things have changed. So, you know, LBRs have changed, you know, yeah. rates have changed, interest only lending has changed. Okay. So it, it's important to make sure that, you know, you, you're in a strong position, probably stronger than you need to be when when it comes time to settle yeah. from when you, you exchange. So we're, we're talking there about not having just the minimum deposit. Yeah. We're talking about having additional deposit in case the banks ask for additional deposits at that particular time of because you to do it. That's right. Borrowing capacity, you want to make sure that you're not at your minimum borrowing capacity yeah. because, again, banks can change their calculations course, and yeah. uh, reduce your borrowing capacity over that time frame yeah. because you can't hold your approval for two and a half years' time. No, right? They don't yeah. generally last for, for three months. So we need to make sure that your financial position is stronger um, than uh, what it needs to be in case that lending environment changes. That's right. And other things with off the plan, you know, valuation risk, sometimes there can be, you know, the, the comparable status in the area might not be the same sort of property. So the value can be comparing a brand new property to a property might be five years old and it might not be the same quality. So in terms of, um, you know, valuation risk, you need to make sure that you're covered there as well. So in terms of the savings and, yep. you know, your, your backings, I'm lucky enough to have a guarantor available if I need it. So, yep. um, you know, I'm lucky there that, that that risk isn't really as... Um, so again, the question there really is so when you're buying off the plan is making sure that you're saying, well, if my valuation comes in less than what I've paid for the property, where can I come up with that extra exactly. deposit? Do I have the facilities to do it? And the last one I'll just touch on there, which you mentioned, is the developer themselves. Yeah. So the developer that you're buying off, again, we're looking at a drawing here. We're not physically walking through the property, so we can't see what the structure's like and the final finishes are like. So how can we minimise that risk? Yeah, do your research. Make sure that the, the, the developer is um, reputable. Make sure they've got previous track records um, and 
you know, make sure that the the properties that they have um, provided previously have been what they've promised. So you can look them up on the on the website and see what they have what they've done before. Um, for me, Blue Earth had already done that research, so yeah. I I could just I had access to that. Yeah. And um, you know, they don't work with developers that haven't had a good track record previously just because it, the risk is too large. Yeah. So buying off the plan, make sure that you can see finished projects from that particular developer. That way you can see the quality of the work that they end up delivering yep. and see if it does match up to their plans and match up to the standard that you'd expect. So yep. um, that's definitely uh, one of the tips there. Now, do you remember the moment when you got in and signed that contract? Were you nervous signing that first contract for a property? Uh, yeah, I think you're always a little bit nervous. Um, I, I wasn't too bad though because working in the industry, you know, I see people buy property every single day. And, um, you know, I, I've seen people purchase properties that um, their circumstances might not have been as, as strong, but we've still gotten them there at the end of the day and they've, um, you know, settled on the property. So in terms of um, signs of the line, it's, it's always going to be a little bit nerve-wracking, but especially your first one. But I, I was, you know, more excited than nervous, I think, just to, to finally put pen to paper and, you know, secure that property. So, yeah. And I guess the last thing about... Uh the, the property you've ended up buying, going into state, was that a big decision for you to go into state or were you comfortable with that decision? I was comfortable with that decision. I mean, purchasing in the areas that I wanted to buy in Sydney, um, it, it's just impossible. You know, yeah. the, the borrowing capacity and the value for money, my borrowing capacity probably wasn't there and the value for money of what I would have purchased for what I could afford would have just been, you know, yeah, it would have been rubbish, basically. So you so. saw yourself as you're priced out of the the Sydney market in the areas that you wanted to buy in. Yeah, you saw better value, better returns on a property interstate, and you've decided to, to yeah. make a decision based on that. So for you, this this is purely an investment property. You're just looking at the numbers, which makes it a nice and easy um, transaction. Yeah, that's right. It takes the emotion away from it as well. Now, I know we were speaking a few weeks ago. We were speaking to a lady bought um, down in Melbourne as well. However, her situation was slightly different because it was a future home for her so yeah um, buying purely for investment there's it's probably easy to be honest there's no emotion attached to it that's that's 100 right and i mean a lot of the time i have clients saying i want to purchase this investment property but maybe in you know like four or five years i want to move into it uh, i guess what i say to some of my clients here is you don't know what your life's going to look like in four or five years yeah you might have a couple more kids yep you, know, you might be separated you, you just don't know these days you know things can happen at the drop of a hat and uh, I mean, when you purchase for investment, purely for investment, then there's no, there's no emotion involved. The, the numbers drive you to where you want to purchase and what you want to purchase because you know, emotion can kill logic. And, you know, in terms of the numbers, there's no emotion involved and you're basically just doing what's best for your circumstances at that time. So, and I mean, from there, in three or four years' time, then you can make a decision based on, you know, what, what your life looks like then. And, I mean, it, it's good to do if you find the property that, that's right for you and you know exactly what you want to do and you can see you've got a pretty stable sort of circumstance. But, um, again, you just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So I, I'd sort of I, – I like to purchase just purely for investment and unoccupied purely for unoccupied. Yep. But um, I guess that's just me personally. Yeah. So. Yeah, it certainly makes it cleaner, definitely. Yeah. What's next for you? What's next for me? Yeah. Um, got some big things in the pipeline, I guess. Um, I'm not really sure. We'll see what the future holds. But yeah. – in terms of property, uh, once this, I'll get this first one over the line settled, and then I'll definitely look at the next the next one once I'm, I'm ready. I've got a deposit ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah. So first one settled, bunked down, held, and then is it yep. uh, another investment property? Is that potentially what you're thinking? Is I think portfolio. That I way? think so. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll try and build a portfolio. Still being young, I can see the value in buying and holding. Um, and you know, when I, if I can 
you know, leverage and have a large portfolio and hold it long term, you can really see that the value of holding, um, you know, as opposed to holding one investment property, which is worth 500,000 and it goes up to 5%, you know, holding a, a few properties in the, the property portfolio being worth, a, you know, a couple million, when that goes up by, the, when the market goes up by a couple percent, then then you really make that's where the, the getting it on the whole asset yeah, base. That, that's right. That asset base grows by five percent or ten percent or whatever, and that's where the, that's where the the real money is is made, and that's what changes your life. One property won't change your life, yeah. but holding a portfolio that's large, that's where that's where it will change your life. Perfect. Now, other Gen Y buyers out there, mid twenty, similar position to you. Yep. You bought this on your own, by the way, not with a partner, just done yep. it yourself. What's that one bit of advice that you've got for other people who are in the same situation as you? Yeah, um, I guess the, the biggest piece of advice I could give to anyone looking to purchase their first property or their first investment property is just become educated in the, all of your options. So then moving forward, you can make an informed decision on what's best for you um, and your circumstances. Because you know, you'll get advice from your butcher, your hairdresser, your best mate, your uncle. And a lot of the time, it, it isn't the best advice. I know it comes from the heart and they mean well, but um, they might be someone who has made one or two property transactions in their life and you know they, they don't really, they're not experts in the industry. And although they mean well and are only looking out for the best for you, um, become educated from the experts, make sure you know exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it, and then you can make a decision what's based on your circumstances moving forward and what's best for you. Perfect. Thanks, Blake. No worries. Thanks for my, uh, my takeaways from uh, our chat today, the first one's obviously what you summarise there is make sure that we're using experts, make sure we're talking to people who uh, not just have your best interests at heart but uh, regularly purchasing property in today's climate and have a good understanding of where you should be buying and what you should be buying, particularly around that investment decision. Um, the other key takeaway is that when we're buying off the plan, make sure we do those additional checks. So make sure that we have a larger deposit, our borrowing capacity is strong enough in case the uh, lending climate changes, make sure we're looking at the builder and making sure that they are reputable. Um, so doing those additional checks if you do decide to buy off the plan. Blake, thanks very much for coming in and sharing your story. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's been another episode of How Gen Y Buy. We'll be back in another fortnight with another Gen Y Buyer. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision-making nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice. Please contact Birdie Wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.